It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. JB in Phil today. Yeah, JB. <laughs> we got JB today. JC's got some stuff he's taking care of. Of course, on this yeah. crazy busy day, who, who, you know, that completely expected, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the way uh, generally it goes. So I uh, hope everybody is going to be all right with me sitting in here for the next couple of hours alongside Phil. Uh, clearly, greetings and good afternoon and Merry Christmas. Uh, to everybody, Merry Christmas to the Gamecocks. Certainly yesterday, December 20th, a day that a lot of folks are going to remember for a long, long time. And um, I think a lot of these young men in this class are going to be household names sooner than later, Phil. We're going to talk yeah. a lot about that today with everybody here. And then we've got, uh, of course, Kay, uh, Keith Alsep and Hale McGranahan both going to jump in and join us throughout the afternoon as well. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. It's a big day. Christmas has come early in Gamecock Nation, so we are excited about this. And it looks like all the pieces we were counting on, JB, to bring us yep. into that top 15 ranking, we're, we're, we're going to get. <laughs> Fingers yeah. crossed, man. <laughs> no doubt. And uh, in the next uh, couple of days uh, are more than likely going to be pretty good for the Gamecocks as well. Uh, mm -hmm. This is, you know, the early signing period is, has been very much debated, a lot of angst when you go into it. And then now here we are. We're in it, and when it's going good for you, it's a lot of fun. When it's not going good for you, it's not as much fun, and and it's it's kind of a roller coaster. December has turned into that in college football because you finish the season, and then you generally have a bunch of opt outs and a bunch of transfers and a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, declarations for the NFL draft, and everybody thinks the world is ending. And then if you if your staff has been on it and and they've been kind of building what they think they've been building this time can kind of bring some enthusiasm back into it. And if you're in a bowl game, obviously you get to capitalize. And then guess what? You're going to have a little bit of a roller coaster again, because once you get through the season, there's going to be other players that decide to move on uh, from their respective institutions. So it, it just kind of is what it is until they can fix a little bit of this calendar. But certainly right now in our neck of the woods, uh, it is, it's pretty impressive stuff what Shane and his staff are doing. And, um, and, and so we're going to, I know a lot of people. We've already your your message boards are full here, and uh, so we're gonna get it get into a lot of this stuff throughout the afternoon. But uh, Phil, last night, uh, big tree back in the saddle. Uh, Elijah Davis, a guy who is long leaned to South Carolina, the uh, fourth ranked JUCO prospect in the country. He is from the Palmetto State. He commits to the Gamecocks, or, or you know that that becomes public that he is a, a commitment to South Carolina. Uh, Reed McKeska. Uh, originally committed to Clemson, then committed to Miami, now has committed to South Carolina and signed. And then, of course, the four-star tight end, Trey Knox, who I think he's got a year of eligibility left coming from Arkansas, is going to be working under a guy he's pretty familiar with, and Dow Loggins, as the yep. OC here. And, you know, all of those guys are, you're going to probably see on the field next year. Uh, the, the tight end room is completely revamped. Um, Big Tree is a, is a kid who – I, I'm not going to say he's going to come in and start or anything like that. I don't know, but but he's a talented enough kid to at least get some PT. Trey Knox will play, and Elijah Davis, of course, he'll play as well. So it was a big day, big night for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's a you know with the 
the portal transfers that we're going to end up getting. Um, you know, I know everybody had their eyes on Knox when Loggins came aboard. Uh, I don't know, kind of as a litmus test as to whether or not we were going to get anything good out of Loggins before we actually saw the product on the field. So yeah. uh, for all the naysayers out there, yep, here we are. Loggins is doing his job. Yeah, how oh, he is. He's, <laughs> and, and, you know, they said they, they said that was one of the main things when they hired him. You know, it was look. This cat can recruit, and and you know, for for fans to to question that is understandable. I mean, he's only really been a college football coach for less than two years, mm-hmm. and so you know, you, you go and you look at the guys that he signed at at, at Arkansas. You look at the guys that he's kind of the lead recruiter on, and you go, okay, yeah. So he certainly is signing talent. My big question with that was, you know, if if I'm in addition to to my media stuff, like I'm a realtor. Well, I can sell you somebody else's house, Phil, but then if it comes to selling my house, I'll probably sell it every time because it's mine. I know it. You know, right. Dow Loggins played at Arkansas, and and he's a hog. You know, he's a lifer uh, with the University of Arkansas, and and so you know, you you can sell that. Like I could go out today if Shane hired me to recruit, I could probably recruit for him a little bit because I know everything there is to know about the University of South Carolina, right? You, right. JC, all of us, just it's going to seep out of our pores. And so, you know, I think that was one of the interesting things when you when you hired this cat to come over here. The more we learn about a system, the more that we should like it. It's pretty good. But can he recruit to Carolina? And Shane seemingly – Shane knows how to recruit to Carolina. He seemingly has done a pretty good job over the last couple of years of hiring guys who will be able to recruit to a blue-collar school like Gamecock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, it's just he fits right along in culture. I mean, everybody's like, I didn't see a bidding war if you only got him for a million dollars a year. It's like, well, you know, there's more things than money, JB. It's uh, it's got to be fit. And, you know, I think that Shane Beamer has shown that we should be able to trust him, even when it comes to coordinators. I know the first OC was not very good, but after a couple of years of that, gave a man a chance and, you know, he found his way out the door to what looks to be a mutually beneficial relationship out in the Midwest. Yeah, I would, uh, I would certainly agree with that. It's 1106 here on December the 21st, just four days from Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Three days from Santa slipping down your chimney. So make sure it's clean. Here are the updates on uh, what has happened this, this morning. No shocker, Phil, that the first young man to sign his letter of intent and send it in, by the way, they don't have to use the fax machine anymore for anybody that is questioning that. Uh, there is technology, smartphones, things of that nature. You can actually take a picture of this sucker, and there it is. Um, but uh, no shocker here that it was Pup Howard who signed. I Last Monday, not Monday two days ago, but Monday of last week, I was on uh, Bill Gunner's show on 107.5 The Game, as I am on Monday mornings, and he had uh, sent me a message the night before, kind of a surprise, saying – Hey, FYI, we're interviewing Pup Howard tomorrow. And I said, okay, that sounds good. Um, you know, known about the young man, but didn't have anything prepared. Didn't need to. Uh, spending 20 minutes with him on the phone was sensational. This guy is really, 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 really sharp. And he's probably going to be a pretty good player uh, for Carolina. But he did send it in this morning, according to Hale McGranahan, who will join us uh, coming up here a little bit later on at about 7.20 or so. So he is one of the jewels of the class. Following him, uh, safety Cameron Upshaw has signed. Xavier McLeod out of Camden. Uh, he is signed, and he is in. Running back Dontavius Braswell is also in. All of them in this morning before 7.30. And so is this cat, Judge Collier. He's an athlete. He's out of Rock Hill. Heath is gonna, or Heath, Keith is going to be on the show in just a little bit. 
And I was talking to Keith on the phone a little while ago, and he made a really good point. And for those that know football in the state of South Carolina, you'll understand this. If you're ever kind of like, who do I sign, this kid or this kid, and one of those young men, maybe not high on the radars of a lot of schools, but he's from Rock Hill, probably that one. Because yeah. Rock Hill kids are really tough, and they're generally pretty well coached. I've known Paige Walford for a long time, who's the head coach at Northwestern, and um, and he'll kind of back that up. Judge Collier, of course, is from Legion Collegiate, but he is a Rock Hill kid. So those five in this morning by 7.30, Kelton Henderson, an athlete, uh, followed Trevon Baugh, the offensive lineman out of Pace Academy in Atlanta. He signed this morning about 7.35 or so. Uh, Jatavius Shivers, the offensive lineman uh, out of Georgia at uh, 7.50 this morning. You had Elijah Davis and his end. The news, of course, came out about him last year. He's going to step right in and play, uh, yep. boys and girls. He's really, really good. He was in before 8 o'clock. Uh, they list him at 6'3", 260. I, I would count on him being much heavier than that when he uh, gets on the field for the Gamecocks. Wide receiver C.J. Adams uh, has also signed, and that was before 8 o'clock this morning. Big Tree made his uh, pledge at 8.07, official to South Carolina. Marquis Anderson also following him, so a couple of big-time offensive linemen, probably tackles uh, for Carolina moving forward. Tyshawn Russell, a wide receiver who's kind of snuck under the radar out of Harrisonburg, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. They really, really like him. Uh, he signed this morning at about 8.15. Cameron Sandlin, the athlete out of Anniston, Alabama, uh, who also played quarterback and was really good at it this year. He won't play quarterback at South Carolina, uh, but he did get his in before 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, Connor Cox, the tight end out of the Bowles School down in Jacksonville, Florida, which is also where Mike Triglia, former tight end at South Carolina, uh, attended school. So uh, the second tight end that I'm aware of in the history of the program to go to the Bowles School, uh, he is now signed with Carolina as well. Montique Rames has inked. Zavari Sandy has inked as well uh, just about an hour ago. Reed McKeska from Cypress, Texas, that uh, tight end that uh, became public yesterday. He is a big kid, Phil. Six, this six, guy is huge, yeah. 6'6", yeah. six, <laughs> six, 230. Um, Take those big Texas boys that, yep, every yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Big old boys. So they're, they're all in right now and uh, still waiting on a couple of others. I think the most angst that is out there is uh, with uh, Vicari Swain. Swain, uh, yeah. And I think is, he declares uh, what? 6 p.m. this evening. I know he's got an evening time set up for a big announcement. So, yeah, yeah. look, yeah. I, I've heard so I've heard, you know, back and forth on this, um, you know, a couple of contacts in the building for me feel feel good. At least that's what they're saying publicly. Um, but then you look elsewhere and Colorado seems to be feeling pretty good as well. So from from the from a public standpoint, had this young man not made the jump that he made to four-star status, because remember, optics are a big thing in recruiting and with people who follow, you know, 247 or, or on three or whoever you follow, had this young man not made that jump to four-star status, I don't think that you'd have quite the angst that you've got today, mm -hmm. but he did. And, um, and so, you know, people are now going, well, now, wait a second, this wasn't just a kid who was committed here. He's actually a pretty good player, and I think a lot of people are figuring that out. And prime time looks like he's about to flip a big, big time five star. I think defensive back from Miami as well. You know, so he's trying to get some things moving pretty quickly out there in Boulder. We'll just have to see what happens with this young man. But he is one of a couple 
uh, who have not yet inked. Uh, Desmond Umiazulu has not signed just yet, although he is expected to. A uh, big edge rusher uh, for Carolina out of Maryland, 6'6", 240 pounds. Zavion Hardy, the de- defensive lineman from Georgia, I know that he's been working on some clearinghouse stuff. We'll let Hale Faye in on all that. And uh, Jalon Kilgore from Eatonton, Georgia, the safety as well. None of them have signed yet, um, but um, but certainly, as far as I know, all are expected to. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I would think, um, you know, back to your Swain point, too, it's not just the bump in the, the stars, which is, you know, good because you've had him in your side. Uh, but just going up against Prime, I think, out in Colorado. I mean, that's the biggest draw for them out there right now because they, they really this program is in the abyss. Um, but on name recognition alone, he's trying to get these kids out there. But my, uh, you know, JB, I'm I'm of the opinion that it's uh, we're going to have a couple cups of coffee in the uh, Pac-12 and then move on to something more. <laughs> so yeah, not probably, not the long term, right there at prime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, could he be a? Um, could he have kind of the Steve Spurrier mindset of I'm gonna I'm let, let's let's go do something somewhere that people aren't doing? I mean. It's a little bit different because Colorado's won a national championship. I mean, like right. there was mm-hmm. there was a time where they were the best program in the country. Oh, it's yeah. been thirty years, but 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 they were really good. Their facilities are outstanding. Um, it is a league that you, although the top half is pretty good, and it has certainly gotten better with Lincoln going to Southern Cal. Utah continuing to do what they're doing. Oregon kind of staying on track and those things. You're always going to get a couple of other teams that kind of pop up. Look at UCLA and what they've kind of let Chip Kelly fall into. So the league's definitely gotten better. It's also a league you can take advantage of uh, because it's not the total grind of, like, the SEC. Um, So if you're prime time, you know, you do have resources and you do have a league that you can win in early. But but to your point, you know, I I, I think that that's a lot of – here's the difference, though. You've got the portal. So, like – I mean, Prime's already said it. Like, he yeah. went there and said, all of you, see you later. I'm bringing in my own guys. He has no issues about taking bringing guys with him, which means if he does get another job in two or three years or something like that, as a lot of people speculate, he'll have no issues pulling kids from Colorado. Just, and yeah, that's right. Just taking away them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, uh, so, yeah but I, that's interesting. You know, is he – because I guess it's about his ego at that point, you know, it's like I could build this up from nothing and, and be, you know, the, the man that brought Colorado back. But, you know, I, I just uh, – who knows? I mean, it's interesting that he's back in the college game, you know, at the Power 5 level and, you know. Happy to see him here. I know uh, he's been working towards it down in Jackson State to get out of there and, and make something happen at the big time. So he's well-deserving of it, that's for sure. Yep, there's no doubt about that. Uh, no doubt about that. So um, we've got – what time do we have Keith? Oh, let's see. Keith's coming on at uh, 12.20. So we'll have uh, Hale at noon and then uh, for about 20 minutes, then Keith will jump on with us for a little bit. So it's just, just the two of us here for the first hour, sir. Okay. All right. And everybody else that, uh, that's in the uh, – it's in the chat box and all of those watching again if you're just popping in uh, jc's going to be out today uh so he has asked me to join uh, phil for a couple of hours and try to keep the train on the tracks around here as it is the national signing period in december and we're going to try to do that we'll hit a timeout. i know it's time for that when we return though phil uh, we'll get into uh, some of what's being said in the chat box we'll also look at the top classes in college football as it stands now it's going to change but as it stands right now, where does South Carolina fall into this? Where does Clemson fall into this? Where do the Gamecocks fall in the pecking order of the SEC? We all know you could be a top 10 recruiting class and be like 10th in the SEC. <laughs> uh, so 
Uh, we'll certainly get into all of that. Uh, but uh, as Phil mentioned, uh, we do have Hamill Granahan uh, coming up in just a little while and, and Keith Alsep as well. So it should be fun. Tell your friends we're going to be here till about 1 o'clock this afternoon. Hang tight. Be right back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. This is Coach O. Now back to the show. Roll Tigers. In the soul. Welcome back to the game shot. Oh, inside the game cocks the show. Sorry, JB didn't mean to stop all over. No, there. it's your yeah, show. The, uh, but, so uh, no, you're good, man. You're good. You're good. Hey, listen, it's like Sandra said, it's uh it's good that we have uh, quality depth at hosting for our show. <laughs> That's one thing we're not lacking. <laughs> Well, I've uh, I've I've been off for eight months, although I've done plenty of media stuff uh, hosting. For those that don't know me, I have uh, been I have been hosting um, radio shows and TV shows for eight years. So you know, just you got to knock the rust off. And yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's your show, so when I do something stupid, you just tell me about it and uh, and and just do what no. you do <laughs> you're good man i'm gonna bring us in here and pay a couple bills let's see uh yeah remember everybody inside the gamecocks is brought to you by express sunrooms in columbia give john barber a call at 803-446-4662 to set up a no cost no obligation consultation about an outdoor retreat for your backyard and the first hour of the show is brought to you by the uh, cindy searfoss and the colwell banker Kane realty team here in the upstate give cindy a call for your upstate residential real estate needs 864-414-5271 and that clears us out jb we're wide open to talk about whatever <laughs> as part of my uh as part of my payment for today i'll just if you don't mind give myself a quick plug as well if you're in the low country you can call me and i'll get you a house uh, yeah if you need to if you need to buy one or sell one how about that so tell jc he doesn't need to send a check now i just gave my uh my my quick plug that's all right. We're happy to promote it anytime, JB. For the for the afternoon, uh, the transfer class for South Carolina is heating up as well. Um, Mario Anderson out of Newberry. More on him in a minute. Uh, I cannot pronounce the young man's name from Yale, so I'm just going to call him Nick because I can pronounce that. Uh, it is Gargiulo, so, sir. Gargiulo. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Nick Gargiulo, or as uh, JB calls him, Nick. Nick, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick G, the guy both. who looks like uh, Matt Dillon from uh, something about Mary is what he right. was talking about yesterday. <laughs> 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 Gotta love the stash, man. Yeah, well, but man, I, that's another big kid. And I think he's a he's a he's kind of under the radar, I think, with some of the names that have been flying around here, JB. But I'm, he's one of the ones that I am extremely excited about, because like you said, I mean, yeah. this is a plug and play guy. And you're going to need some uh, competition at depth at center next year. Uh, we're going to have a completely new look O-line. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I'm kind of excited about it, ready to see what some new blood brings. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you don't take a transfer center from Yale unless he can play, uh, especially this early in December. You still have opportunities to tra- take another transfer down the road. Uh, they feel really good about this guy. That's why he's there. Um, um, so anybody that might question that, although you have every right to, and I'm not saying that you're wrong because he might end up not being very good, the staff feels like he's pretty good. So we'll trust them uh, on that, or at least I will. Nick Elksness, uh, the uh, other tight end out of Florida. Um, I'll caution people. Y'all probably mentioned this as well. Don't look at the stats at Florida. Florida targeted their tight ends this past season less than 10 times. So, yeah. you know, that's not a position that they utilize uh, to move the football from a playmaker standpoint, at least thus far in Billy Napier's offense. Um, so he's a kid that they like, another really big kid, 6'6", 220-ish or so. And then, of course, Trey Knox, uh, who, who we found out about last night. Um, we, we know what he can do. Uh, we have seen him, and uh, he's probably going to be used even more in Dow Loggins' offense here at South Carolina, uh, Phil. So, so they are, they're, they've done a nice job with the portal just as they did last year. And it's really interesting how they put the portal, their portal class together. Um, you know, it, 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 football with, with the uh, uh, emergence of social media and all these things, football, basketball, baseball, the big name in coaching, the big name with players is what generally gets the headlines. Uh, Shane Beamer's kind of made a habit of finding people who aren't the big name but fit what they're trying to do. They obviously clearly have signed big names. You know, Spencer Rattler kind of comes to mind. Um, but uh, Nate Atkins sure wasn't a big name uh, when they signed him. And uh, he's the only tight Thank God they did because he's the only tight end that got left on the roster. The only tight end. Yeah. Outside of old Dave Adams. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. Um, But, um, you know, thus far, Carolina right now, as far as the uh, the team rankings go, the uh, 24-7 sports composite rankings have them at 16. Uh, That number is clearly subject to change uh, Carolina expecting more throughout the week and we'll kind of see how that unfolds Bama and Georgia are at the top that shouldn't shock anybody um, what is interesting though is who's behind him because Mario Cristobal and Miami this year were awful but they've got the third ranked class in the country now we've got a pretty good example of this already on the table Bill last year mm-hmm. AM was just lighting it lighting it up they were lighting the scoreboard up on the recruiting trail and they, they weren't good this year at all. And, um, but very talented. And so, you, you know, you do wonder, are, are you, are you signing a, a football team or are you just signing a bunch of players? Because now you've got NF NIL involved. I, yeah. I don't know. Miami has a bunch of money that they're giving out to players. How will that fit? I, I'm not sure. Um, you got Texas there at four. They, they've had a big jump. They're signing some, some nice prospects. Four or five stars are in the boat for the Longhorns. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the top ten fin- finishes thus far. LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Tennessee, uh, and, and Clemson. And then there's Florida, Penn State, Southern Cal, Oregon, and A&M in front of South Carolina. So as it pertains to the Gamecocks, teams that are as it stands today, this is going to change because mm-hmm. of the conferences. But as it stands today, teams that are on you know, their, their year, yearly schedule, you've got A&M. You've got Florida, you've got Clemson, you've got uh, Tennessee, and you've got Georgia all in front of you. That's five teams that are on your schedule every year that are in front of you in the recruiting rankings. 
JC has pointed out for a long time, though, Phil, and I know you know this because you said it a thousand times, there really is not much of a difference. Once you get to like seven or eight, six, seven, eight, and then yeah. you can literally go all the way back to almost to 20, sometimes even to 20. It's like one or two players generally that really will separate a lot of this. So development really kicks in. Carolina's been pretty good at that. Yeah, and that's the thing, JB, is like, and, and one thing, JC, will be quick to remind everybody, too, is, you know, hey, it's, this is a developmental sport. So you're going to bring in all this talent, but um, if you keep it raw or, you know, in the case of like Miami and Texas A&M can't keep it around, then what good are those numbers doing to you, you know, in the rankings there? And, you know, the goal here is to be, you know, if, if at the end of the day, JB, if you finish in the top half of the SEC, then you're having a good day, especially if you're Carolina. Yeah, well, and, and then now you've got the – the other tentacle you've got the transfer portal so yeah, i know yeah and shane seems to be masterful at the transfer portal finding needs addressing what it is we exactly need uh and getting those guys down here to compete which is great yep yep no doubt uh, there's no doubt about it let's head to the message boards phil good morning everybody anybody that might be checking in i i jc and i don't look alike i am uh, i am not him <laughs> Uh, it, it's, it, it is not JC. You're not seeing things or anything like that. Anybody that might be hung over from starting their Christmas break a little early, uh, JC is going to be out today, kind of a last minute deal. Um, but, uh, but certainly expect to have him back here pretty soon. Hope, hopefully tomorrow. If it, are y'all on tomorrow? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are yeah. Uh, on, on our week. So yeah, yep. Tomorrow okay. and, uh, yeah, should be, every, ho hopefully everything goes well and we'll see everybody again tomorrow. Well, it's certainly an honor to, for y'all to ask me to uh, to pop in and, and do this here. Um, uh, I did see uh, who's the transfer DB that is going to the draft. That's Devonnie Reed. Yep, Devonnie uh, Reed, yep. I, uh, the word on him was I'm not sure he was going to be healthy to play in the bowl game. And if he wasn't or if it was kind of going to be a game time thing where he could go out there and bang himself up again, Honestly, a really understandable decision for this young man. I know that he wanted to play in the game. Um, it's not like he was just up looking to up and just vanish. It's actually a game that would be very important for him uh, for his draft stock. But um, but uh, he's gonna he's declared and he's gonna go ahead and sit it out as well. So that's another one, another pretty good football player. When you yeah. combine the two programs, it won't be playing in the ball game. Um, so. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I don't think he's club. playing in the senior bowl, is he, JV? I don't think he got invited. No, no, no. he didn't. I Darius is playing in the senior bowl. I really wish Darius Rush would play in this game. But, I know, uh, yeah. <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly looking forward to, to seeing what he can do uh, in the uh, in the senior bowl here. Um, let's see, what am I missing here? My, my, my uh, mouse ball keeps sticking for some reason. I can't get it to... <laughs> Where, where I want to get it to. All right, there Plenty, we, we have prodigious textures in the Nana Sports chat box. So, I mean, yeah, what we you get got? behind quick. Yeah, <laughs> we get behind quick. Yeah, yeah, no Let's doubt. See. Yeah, a lot of Swain. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Craiger brings up that Hardy might have some grade issues. Like you said, we'll talk to Hale about that. I know he's going through the NCAA clearinghouse. Um, now, is that just an NCAA thing? As I guess, I mean, because, you know, it's not against the South Carolina uh, board to hold up a player, <laughs> you know, done it before. Yeah. They've done it plenty of times before, uh, decent ones, but folks that you're counting on. But, uh, I think this one is a, a more global thing with the NCAA. It's what it seems to be. Um, mm -hmm. that's my understanding of it. Don't hold me to it. 
Uh, I am not Shane Beamer, but um, but based on what I the feedback I've received on this over the last, I don't even know, a few months probably. This is this has kind of been lingering on him for a while. Uh, did he have? Would he have the grades to qualify wherever he chose? Um, and so when I heard that, it, it, it less about South Carolina, I think, and more about does he have the grades? You know, just period the end. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to kind of have to see on that. Good player, I know that. I, you know, and and. You know, on that note, um, you've got Carolina. All right, so let's let's turn back the clock, okay? And those that have followed this for a while, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about here. It really changed for Coach Spurrier. Not clearly when they when they when they signed Stephon and when they signed uh, Marcus and Alshon and and Devontae and, and all those guys. There, there's no doubt about that. But what really, really, really changed for Coach Spurrier was when they became pretty close to elite in the trenches. They were elite on the defensive side of the football in the trenches. Um, mm-hmm. They signed really good players. Everybody knows about Clowney. But but they also, of course, developed a lot of guys over there. I mean, you, you look what Brad Lawing was able to do with – so many guys, Devin Taylor. Devin Taylor was like 215 pounds, and he was like the thousandth ranked recruit or something out of Buford when they signed him. And he went on to play what eight years in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they really, really developed guys, and they were they signed really good players, but they developed guys as, too, as well on the offensive side of the football. Same thing, you know, the offensive line, you know, they signed a bunch of really good guys, and, and that was a lot of really what changed in addition to the fact they had a guy named. Connor Shaw, who took over at quarterback. And then what started to shift in the state, Carolina beat Clemson for five straight years. Clemson had all these elite guys at the skill positions. Uh, Taj Boyd was really good. He wasn't good against South Carolina, but outside of that, he was unbelievable. And then Clemson started signing all the trench guys, right? Well, that's when that's when they made their run. I mean, they start 12, 13, 14. They started signing these elite classes of trench players, defense, offensive lines. They turn around a couple of years later and win a national championship, and then win another one. Well, you could see Clemson's defensive line is still pretty good, like really good. The offensive side, not as much, not bad. I'm not trying to no. to, mm-hmm. to, yeah. to take tackle them here, but they're not what they were. Look at the twenty three class. Look at the twenty four class in state for South Carolina. Look at the best players. Look in the trenches. They're all Gamecocks. And if they're not committed or signed yet, like the 24 class, very heavy leans to South Carolina. Shane, Shane has turned this thing on its head. So if you kind of feel, if you pay attention, you know, okay, they, they finally broke the streak this year. Now they're signing all the best players in the state. Like we might start to be kind of feeling a little bit of a momentum swing here back in favor or at least leveling this thing out because the last seven, eight years has been – you know, it's been it's been a nightmare for South mm-hmm. Carolina looking at the talent differential that my feel on it, just based on what we've been seeing, that's that's changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think what you know, they've got Jarvis Green, I think, is the only, you know, big time local prospect who's actually signed with Clemson this year. Um, and, you know, Jamie, I mean, we've all seen it for those who've been paying attention that they, you know, 
uh, kind of abandoned the inside out approach when it came to recruiting. I mean, they were, you know, because they were able to pull national talent from all over everywhere when you start winning national championships. But, uh, you know, I, I think they've done themselves quite a disservice over the past few years uh, in that they're not looking home first and then working their way out. They're just going to get the biggest talent they can find, bring it in, because there you're going to end up having some portal attrition too. Um, because like we've seen, you know, and just in the instances for the guys who have jumped ship, uh, you know, and hopped into the portal over what, since it opened up on the 5th, every one of them have been not local kids, you know, right. out-of-state guys who have come into the program. Right, right. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's Shane, and Shane knows how to do this. I mean, he kind of helped put all this together. Uh, with Coach Spurrier back in the day, you know, so he he gets it. he understands you have to sign the best players in your state to win, especially in a state like South Carolina. You also have to find the diamonds in the rough in South Carolina, like Nick Eamon Worry, um, yep. like what I'm hearing on Judge Collier. I mean, I know some guys that have watched this kid play, and they're like, dude, he's he's got a chance. Uh, word on Kylie Horton, a young man who just needs to learn the game at this level, but from an athletic standpoint, ooh, pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Real quick, I uh, want to add this here. According to Hale McGranahan, Isaiah uh, Jada, the offensive lineman who had once been committed to South Carolina, decommitted. He is going to play for Coach Prime at Colorado. He has uh, committed to the Buffaloes. It looks like he is uh, set to sign with them here momentarily as well. Um, so if, uh, if unfortunate news hits us in about seven hours with Vicari Swain, that could be two players off of South Carolina's commitment list of only just a few days ago that end up in Boulder, although the Gamecocks still feel pretty good about holding on to Swain. But Jada is uh, going to uh, Colorado. So uh, Dion is doing flip work here this time of the, this time of the season. Yeah, he definitely is. He's uh, flexing that flip muscle for sure. But uh, yeah, Jada, I was less, uh, I guess, positive about once he started talking to Prime out there in Colorado than I am with Swain. Swain, I feel like I feel, you know, I just, I just don't know. You know, it could go either way. But Jada, I figured, was out. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, no doubt. Uh, Brian asked, JB, with Atkins having health issues, have you heard if Beamer is leaning towards keeping Teasley or hiring a more seasoned guy? I, I haven't heard. The only thing that I I would say that I've tried to put together here, you know, sometimes you got to – sometimes uh, two plus two, while that equals four, so does one plus two plus one, right? You got to kind of mix and match and – and, and piece things together to try to figure it out a little bit. Um, I, I do believe that once they get through the bowl game, that, um, you know, there potentially could be some movement within the staff. Um, and the reason for that is, like, I look, the, the word I've gotten on most of these guys is they're, they're pretty comfortable with, with where they feel like they are. However, you've got a new offensive, line, uh, offensive coordinator, and, you know, one of Shane, one, one of the things that Shane is so good about is uh, giving, you know, autonomy to his his coordinators to, to coordinate, which, you know, also says, you know, you kind of you can you have a lot of input on hiring guys that are basically going to work for you that are going to work for me. So, you know, does that mean anything? I, I, I don't know, but but I'm. I don't think they're just sitting back. I think that they're in an evaluation period about what is best. And so we'll just kind of have to see. Um, but I, I, I would be lying to you if I had any type of concrete information on that. Certainly um, that doesn't, you know, 
Yeah, and, the, and the next, you know, the next big, I guess, benchmark would be, you know, the the few days following the bowl game. I mean, you know, there's people that are waiting to decide their futures as to, uh, you know, after that game. Not necessarily how it plays out, but just to wait till after the game's played. Yeah. Uh, the, the the tight end at uh, Western Kentucky, who I think Gamecock fans should keep a strong eye on, the, the mm-hmm. Simon kid. He's going to play tonight um, for the Hilltoppers, and uh, and then he has decided that he is going to move on, but he's sticking with his team uh, through the bowl game, which seems rare these days, but he's doing it, so props to him. And, um, you know, so there are still some of those guys out there, and we'll just kind of have to see, see how that unfolds. Uh, I'm not – I'm just going to call this catch 84. How about that? Any yeah. word on which way Rattler is leaning? My understanding is he's leaning on returning to South Carolina, but uh, it's still a fluid situation. I, I, if you ask that question today, uh, he's leaning on coming back for the Gamecocks and uh, all, all signs at this point in time point to Juice Wells returning to South Carolina as well next year in 2023. It's a fluid situation because they all are. Um, I don't think that any of this is exclusive to any one player. We're seeing it everywhere. Um, you know, things change quickly. And uh, when you get money involved, they, they change even quicker. So we'll uh, we'll kind of have to kind of have to see on that. A lot of questions today. I've probably seen five or six of them, if if not more than that, Phil. Um, do you think Lloyd might be coming back? Uh, again, a lot of things can change. I would say if you you know, put the gun to the head type scenario, I'd say I wouldn't count on seeing Marshawn Lloyd back at South Carolina. Um, but I'd also say I wouldn't bury any hatchet anymore in college football. That's a, that's that's right. a really, it's a really strange ordeal. I mean, this is, we've all got decent sources on things and, you know, I've got sources who I think are pretty good and they, and they're, they say polar opposite of things like what JC's heard. So, it's just kind of been a really, really interesting scenario. I, I would anticipate, though, that South Carolina is looking hard at uh, signing a running back in the transfer portal, Phil, in addition to Mario Anderson, whom they signed uh, from Newberry, which I know his old high school coach very well. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm and kind of been looking for some information on him. And I, he was outstanding in high school. He was absolutely outstanding. And um, he is a quick little cat. He's Him and Marshawn Lloyd are about the same size, guys. Um, yep. I, I'm not going to proclaim him to, to step in and be a thousand yard rusher next year at South Carolina. That is not what I'm doing with Mario Anderson, but they did sign him for a reason. And, um, you know, I, I we'll, we'll see kind of what happens there, but I, I think they're looking for another one in the portal as well. Yeah. More than likely, uh, at least from, you know, what we've discussed is they're probably looking for another portal pickup there, but I mean, that's a decent room you've got right now. You just, you just kind of still raw. I mean, Lavazia Carroll, you know, having spent a, a year in the secondary and then kind of getting his feet wet. Who, I, I mean, I would be surprised if we did not see him, you know, have a few attempts at running uh, next Friday, but yeah, I mean, you, you welcome any and all quality talent, especially, you know, a guy like Mario Anderson from South Carolina and, you know, played his, you know, college right up the road in Newberry. So yeah, happy to see him on here. He's he's fun to watch. His tape is fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, the, I, and I think too with the running back position and um, uh, with the running back position moving forward, there is a there is a lot of uh, let's call this let's call it sneaky talent, Phil. And so and so here's why I say this: Lavasier Car- Carroll is a talented kid. He he, my understanding. Again, uh, I, I don't I don't bash kids. So, um, but you know there is truth in a lot of this stuff. My understanding he was he was nowhere near ready to play this year. 
there's there's a lot more than just well hand him the ball like especially when you had that we got to all remember something here that that offense wasn't easy for the guys that played every snap let alone the guys that didn't play much you know it, right. it was not an easy offense to pick up you know finally when they threw most of it out the window and everybody played pretty loosely and we, you know, we've gone over all this it was unbelievable it might probably the best offense in the league uh, if not the country over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks but but um but prior to that there were some guys that just they just couldn't get it down doesn't mean that they're not going to play in their career at South Carolina uh they are and he, and he's one that will Rashad Amos another young man just a couple of years ago really reminded me personally of Corey Boyd he looks like Corey he ran downhill like Corey uh, he'd get the ball and go. You know, he wasn't kind of a skitter-scatter guy. He, he give it to me and let's run. Um, you know, he, he ended up not playing a lot. Um, you know, my understanding was you, you get four or five good ones out of him in practice, and then that, that fifth or sixth one, he, it didn't work out so well. He'd either run, wrong the, run the wrong direction or the ball would end up in the defender's hands or something. It's hard to play guys like that. When you're not scoring a lot of points, you can't turn it over, and they turned it over enough. So – yeah. But, you know, when you know that you've got that talent, um, you, you do feel pretty good about the future. You just got to get it ready to play. And um, so we're probably going to see these guys in the bowl game. You're probably going to see some Rashad Amos in the bowl game and, and things like that and, and maybe get a little bit of a glimpse of the future. So I think the running back room is sneaky talented. But, again, I, my understanding, Phil, is you're still looking to probably add another guy who's a little bit more experienced, kind of like what they did last year with CBS. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you, you got to have guys who've seen the, the the field, especially as a running back. You just got to get a feel for it. But you know, to your point, JB, it's like there were plenty of guys on this team who've seen the field and played very well who just you know had a hard time grasping what the concept of the office was this year. Yeah, yep. Uh, it was. Uh, I still shake my head. I think as we all do, <laughs> <laughs> trying to. Figure out what on God's green earth happened, but uh, I know we were get we're getting past it though. We're <laughs> we're a few weeks removed from it, and and yeah, it feels a little bit lighter now. And we got through the Loggins uh, shock at the beginning, and now we're all pouring ourselves t- tall pints of Dowell Loggins to enjoy next year's season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a. Uh, I'm sure the t-shirts will be trickling out soon. I wonder if Dowell will be asking for any nil on that. Uh, TVD on that, uh, even though he's getting paid a million bucks, but uh, TV, he might want a little cut of the t-shirt money. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right. Uh, sure is likeness. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right. Eleven forty-three. I blew past the eleven forty break. So we'll hit that final one of the hour coming up at the top of the noon hour though. Uh, we'll be joined uh, by, uh, by Hale McGranahan. Uh, everybody knows Hale. Uh, with the big spur, and then uh, he'll be followed by Keith Alsup. So it'll be a pretty packed final hour, but a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. 
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. We're brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about a potential outdoor retreat for your backyard. And the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. JC, taking a little time off today, so we're joined, of course, by Jamie Bradford. Everybody loves Jamie. But back to our uh, running back talk there, Jamie, before the break. 76 brings up a point that I want to as well, and that we're pumped about Braswell for the future. This kid, Dontavius Braswell, probably the... Uh, Biggest star on uh, Montario Hardesty's page when it comes to recruiting. I know a lot of people had a lot of questions about him since we didn't pull in any big-name kids in the last cycle. But um, I'm excited. I was excited when this guy signed uh, after looking at some of his tape and and just kind of watching, you know, what kind of athlete he is. And and for some reason, he's kind of fallen under the radar. Yeah, he has. Uh, Well, Rightfully so, because the guys we've talked about the most lately are all about a foot taller than he is. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm just being Christmas funny. Um, yeah, I, he, he, I do. I think everybody should like him. I, you know, with with running backs, you, I don't think the number is what people generally think it is with how many just come in and just run out there and start playing. You know, I mean, Carolina, like, over over the year, I mean, there really hasn't been that many who, I mean, Marcus Lattimore was the exception, not the rule. You know, so, like, you've you've got guys. I mean, I think Marshawn probably could have been a guy, of course, but he, but he got hurt. Um, running backs, I mean, you look at the NFL. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why you don't really see running backs go in the first round anymore, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, I, I love the position. Oh gosh, it's it, having a good running back is it's, it's like the, the the warm blanket on a cold winter night. You know, it makes you feel good. <laughs> but um, but there's just so, it's such a fluid situation. They go down easily. Uh, there's a lot of them who who certainly will get hurt. I mean, who saw Kevin Harris turning in what he turned in a couple of years ago and turning out to to be what he turned out to be? I mean, my my friend Corey Boyd, 
a uh, guy who people were excited about, but anybody really expect him to end up doing what he did um, at, at, at South Carolina? Like, there's there's a bunch of guys who have come through the program and elsewhere who just kind of show up and show out, and and all of a sudden they're they're the big name. Um, so, you know, I, I'm always waiting to see on running backs because you, you just you just don't know, you just don't know what's going to happen, and then also a lot of that is system. And, and how do they fit into the system? I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I You love to have the game breaker. Everybody does. You, you have to have it because you can use them in other ways than just handing the ball off. But, like, in my opinion, if you don't have a running back that can get you one yard on fourth down, you don't have a, you don't have a running back. You don't have one. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like if you got three quarterbacks, you don't have one, right? right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you know, you got you got to be able to get a yard on fourth and one. And, and and it's not just all the running back. I mean, it's hard to get one yard when the five guys standing in front of you, you know, they whiff on everybody. Um, and, and we've seen that a few times around here as well. But it looks like they're certainly trying to to, to, to solve that problem. Um, Adequately but, uh, addressing positions of need, JB, is what this this what the signing class looks like. <laughs> I would say I would, I would say so. So you, you mentioned signing class. So we mentioned earlier the top, you know, sixteen classes basically up to up to South Carolina. All right. Uh, Michigan is uh, in the playoff, and right now the Gamecocks have signed five more four pro- star prospects. Then the Wolverines, Carolina's got 22 commitments. Michigan has 22 commitments, according to the 24-7 composite. Michigan's at 18, South Carolina's at 16. Really not much of a difference, okay, in, in the rankings. Uh, the Wolverines have 14, three stars. Carolina's got nine, 13, four, and Michigan, eight, four. Carolina, by the way, last year, to compare and contrast between 22 and 23, and this isn't done, but last year signed seven four-star guys. So they've doubled that up, and you know that goes to show you, you know, consistency in your coaching staff, which has a lot of consistencies that go into it. Consistency in recruiting and 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 all those type things, uh, and winning, winning helps. Uh, and you know, you Tennessee, man, it really is. <laughs> yeah, winning. They're on the radar. I mean, they're they're in the, the in the playoff rankings. Like I know the jackass that runs the you know, some of the jackasses that run the, the Clemson. You know, Twitter handles that they, they literally have nothing to do with their lives, and they just tweet at people all day and and make fun of Carolina for celebrating a top twenty ranking in the college football playoff. Carolina should celebrate that. The play the playoff has has been around for eight years, right? Well, they haven't been very good for eight years. So no, haven't even sniffed being that well, you know, that good in, in eight years, not at all. Yeah, you you got to start somewhere, and you know, it seems like a pretty good place to start. But I mean. You, you look at it, and then you look to the future, not being nearsighted, you know, trying to be farsighted like most of us are. Winning helps. When you, when you show that you can beat Kentucky, uh, you beat A&M, clearly the end of the season. Uh, and then you, you get it to eight wins. It helps. Uh, you, and, and Shane Beamer is a mastermind, a mastermind of the off-the-field stuff with football, the social media, the postseason, the bowl game antics. Like, he he, he engages. You know, he he's really good at it. You know, 
a and M, a, a team that last year was in the top five in recruiting, they're right in front of the Gamecocks at 15th. Let's look at everybody that's behind them. The darling of the SEC coming into the season, Phil, one of the two darlings, off the radar darlings, quote unquote, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Arkansas at 20. Um, Florida State, one of the best teams in the ACC this year at 19. Let's come further down. I'm not going to get into Auburn just yet because they just signed Hugh Freeze, and that's really not a fair comparison to get into uh, j just yet. North Carolina, as good of a year as they had in the ACC, sits at 25. They're in danger of not being in the top 25 in this year's 24-7 composite uh, recruiting rankings. All right? Um, and with only four, I mean, rather six blue-chip recruits. That's right. That's, yeah, that's right. All, that's, yeah, the, the incredible, you know, recruiting prowess of Mac Brown is not on display. But, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, I think, JB, is that the landscape is different now. Uh, social media, uh, the videos, Justin King and the hype team, you know, I mean, all of that is so hugely important to influence today's player. Um and I think these rankings will ultimately over the next, you know, say start from last year and then look ahead a couple of years as we are in this transition period, uh, will begin to re reflect, you know, not necessarily who's the biggest name or the longest tenured, but who is the most adept at navigating the new waters. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a different ball game. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you've got to have guys like who you might not even think like, some coaches at some schools, I'm not saying this is at South Carolina necessarily. I'm just saying this in general. There are coaches at schools who 10, 15 years ago, and of course long before that, would not be coaching college football. But 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 they but back then it was a different game. You know, you, you signed a guy, you had him for four years. And so you developed. Were you a coach? You know, the Brad Lawing Brad Lawing could coach in 1920 or, or 2020. I mean, he he was that's what he was. Um it's shifted to where you've got guys now. I mean, Deion Sanders. I, 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 do we really think that Deion Sanders is like an excellent head coach? I, I think it's TBD. I'm not going to say he's not. I don't know. But he can, he's, he's going to sign kids. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's just a different game. But then you pull up, like, an example like this, Phil. Do you know who's 31 right now in the recruiting rankings? Well, How about see, I this? do because I've got the list in front of me. I'm cheating though, but that's an interesting. Like it's interesting to see Ole Miss down at 31 right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got one of the biggest uh, personalities in all of college football down there trying to pull recruits and you know get them to the sip. But uh, yeah, even Lane's having a bit of a struggle. But well, now we know he will be adept in the portal come sure. you know post bowl games. We we know go. they will they will make their living in that realm. <laughs> exactly, and that's kind of where mm -hmm. I was going with this. There's multi yep. multiple ways to go, and you never know what the full story is. You know, they might not have necessarily the numbers. Remember the the number that everybody needs to pay attention to is 85. All right, forget the 25 signing limit. And this that, and the other 85 is the number. You got to be at 85 and under. Uh, and there's a lot of ways to get your roster there. So, you know, there's just a lot of different avenues to, to go about it now. Um, while it is very important to recruit well, uh, as South Carolina is doing, you know, there are also coaches who are taking different routes, and then you just kind of see what it looks like. I mean, you got Missouri down at 33. I mean, they've signed 19 guys, and, and Eli just can't get a lot of traction. Now, they beat South Carolina this past year. You look at Virginia Tech at 32. The only reason those guys are even where they are is because of sheer numbers. The Hokies have signed 25 players 
but they haven't signed a lot of really good players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, probably some sneaky players. Gamecocks have some sneaky under the radar players. Everybody's going to have that, but you also got to sign talent. Uh, and 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 so it just goes to show you, man. Like, like there's a lot at work here, but where South Carolina kind of fits in, like you got to develop players. And I think that they've proven, at least at a few positions over the last couple of years, they can do that. They've developed receivers. They've developed secondary guys. Um, you know, I think they need to do a little bit more work on developing guys in the trenches. Um, you know, they've, they've done a they've done a decent job with running backs. I think the scheme is more what hurt them a little bit. I mean, look at Kevin Harris last year and guys like that. But, um, you know, they, they developed tight ends. You know, so you got to develop guys, but you got to sign guys. And it, my, my point is, from a team that just a couple of years ago was like totally off the radar, received literally no nobody cared about Carolina last year, and then literally nobody cared about them this year. Nobody, like they they nobody gave them any credit at all. Nobody gave them any props. Nothing. And here we are going into January in the next couple of weeks, and and they are they're signing a bunch of dudes, and they're developing a bunch of dudes. I mean, he's coming at it from all angles where there's some other coaches, to your point, who are only coming at it from one angle or another angle. But Shane seemingly has kind of figured this whole thing out. Like, there are multiple ways to do this. Let's put the puzzle together and let's go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just appears to be ahead of the curve, you know, when it comes to other coaches nationally, which is, hey, you know, we'll, we'll reap all the benefits of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I did, um, I did see uh, someone talking about um, – Corey Boyd a minute ago. Yeah, there Corey you go. Okay, was so. one of my favorite players, man. I'm the, I, yeah, I didn't realize you knew him and we're friends with him. Yeah, but hey, Corey, yeah. yeah, was one of my favorite players to watch out on the field, man. He was well, and Trey kind of corrected it because somebody earlier said that he hit a kid from Arkansas. It was no, it was the Virginia safety. And Corey was a freshman. That was in 2003 mm-hmm. uh, when he hit that kid at Williams Bryce. And I, I don't know that that kid ever played again. I know though. So I've talked to Corey about it a lot. Um, he he felt terrible. He's like, man, I wasn't trying to hurt that guy. I was just trying to get an extra yard. No, oh, of course, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but it turned out uh, to be a pretty good career for Corey Boyd, who, by the way, uh, lives and works in the Low Country over on James Island. Um, so uh, nice. if you're a, if you're a Low Country cat, um, look him up and, and tell him you appreciate him. He's he's one of the best. There's no doubt. All right, do we miss anything in hour one? You got any more reads to get in before we hit a break here? No, no, uh, we're we're good to go, man. Good to go. Other than uh, yeah, latest breaking eleven fifty. Desmond Yu is in the fold. Umiazulu. Okay. So he is good to go now. All right, mm-hmm. perfect, perfect timing for him, McGranahan, so he can uh, give us that updated roster of signees. Tell us what's still left. I know we recap or uh, kind of. Started with that at the top of the hour, but um, we'll let uh, we'll let Hale take you a little bit more in depth here in just a couple of minutes. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JB and Phil will return in just a moment. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? 
That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whoop, whoop, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell, Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. I had some music I wanted to play there, but it didn't work. (laughs) So, yeah, par for the course on a day like today. Uh, But one guy who is working is none other than Owen. Hail McGranahan. Hail, yes. Everybody loves (laughs) Hail. (laughs) Hi, Hail. Thanks for finding time in your busy schedule today to join us, man. I appreciate that. And no problem. And, and, of course, I always have time to to join you guys, Phil. But uh, hadn't been too busy today, all things considered. The, I guess the four, five, six days, whatever, leading up to today were were the busy ones. So, uh, yeah, here here on a, a first day of an early signing period, relatively speaking, pretty quiet. And I no, guess we'll have no some fireworks surprises. a little later on this evening. Yep. Yeah, no real surprises yet. No, not yet. Real quick, before let, let me not forget about this. Uh, Jafaller earlier, uh, has, he he texted. Uh, he's had Bernie's, Rushes, Bojangles, and Libby's so far. What is he missing? If you're in that realm of food in Columbia, Zesto. I mean, you got to you got to yeah. eat it, Zesto. Yeah, you got to try uh, Zesto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, I, I want to make sure I mention that. And then outside of that, you're getting into a different bracket of restaurants. So we'll have to do that another day. That's not on uh, National Signing Day. Um, all right, Hale. Uh, if you, uh, we kind of went through it at the top, but um, give us give us the list of those that have signed. Uh, what's the latest there? Well, I guess the the best way to do it is to list who has not signed. Uh, at this point, uh, they're waiting on Vicari Swain, like like I was sort of alluding to a second ago. He's supposed to announce his decision at, at six o'clock, and he's coming off that official visit to Colorado. So waiting on him. Waiting on Xavion Hardy, who uh, is what he told me is he's waiting on some some NCAA clearinghouse 
types of things to, to happen before he signs. And then Jalen Kilgore is, is the third commit, uh, high school level commit, uh, who's yet to sign. But uh, he, he's probably doing that uh, here right now as we speak. He had a ceremony at his high school, and he was going to send in his stuff uh, once once they did that. And I think he was going to be one of the few guys who actually sits at a table in front of everybody in the, you know, the cafeteria or the, you know, the gym and, and, and actually signs the actual paperwork. So it sounds like he, he should be sending his in here pretty soon. So, so just three left and, uh, and yeah. And, and then Shane Beamer can talk about a bunch of these guys here in a couple hours when we see him. So saw it a little bit earlier. I know nothing about this. We'll put you on the spot. If you are, uh, if you don't know or want to be mum on this, fine. Some rumors going around that Xavion Hardy may have a, uh, a legal issue going on. Have you heard anything on that? Yeah, I mean, I've seen seen the same stuff online. I, I haven't been able to confirm exactly what it was. Uh, I, I do know that, that South Carolina is certainly aware of it. But uh, from from what Xavion has told me, his his deal was at least from again from from what he told me is is that he's waiting for for the NCAA clearinghouse, and that has that's not like a new development with him. That's something that we've sort of been tracking with him and, and that being his academic standing that before he committed to South Carolina, that was right. something we were aware of, made our readers aware of on the big spur. And obviously South Carolina staff was aware of it as well. Um, but JB to, to your question, no, I, I, I can't speak more to that to more, you know, beyond what I think most folks uh, who are watching, listening, reading, uh, no, as well. All right. According and, to, uh, oh, go oh, no, I was just going to ask Hale the, on the clearinghouse issue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what are we waiting on there? Is it actually his high school grades, uh, you know, ability to be able to graduate high school? Or are we looking at like standardized testing scores? I mean, how was that? What does the NCAA put them through, you know, before the schools yeah. actually start to parse that? It, it could be any one of those, you know, three things, uh, maybe not necessarily limited to that. Uh, but yeah, when I say academics, it I, I don't again I don't know specifics uh, with, with his entire situation. Again, with with what JB was was asking about with, with the academic stuff, um, I just know that there is or there are uh, maybe would be a way to put it. He's got some hurdles to clear that way as well, and, yeah. and certainly not the first guy that that you know we've followed in recruiting who's who's had to get his grades or a test score or, or whatever right in order to be able to to uh, to get into South Carolina or to become eligible or or, or what have you. So um, it, it's one of those things. I'm not trying to dance around the question because I, no, that's no, one no. one thing. Really yeah, no, thinking it, specifically it, on him, just, you know, any kid, yeah. what is it that they're looking for? But, yeah, so they take the oh, – they run the whole gamut on these guys. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, Georgia never has an issue with this. Well, I mean, you know, there's certain places, Uh, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, y'all won eight games this year, and he's in jeopardy, right? Let's uh, let's make sure he doesn't get in. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Um, All right, so uh, according to uh, the Big Spurs, Hale McGranahan. Oh, that's you. Uh, Just a little while ago, it looks like former offensive lineman Isaiah Jada. I believe I've been saying that name correctly for a while, or maybe incorrectly. He he is headed to Boulder. Uh, will Boulder claim a second game cock and Vicari Swain? What is your feel there? I don't think so. Uh, based on the feedback that I've gotten, I, I think South Carolina is still relatively confident that he signs with them. 
Buddy Dutton signed for another, I guess we're six hours away. Hmm. So we'll see that things can change between now and then. Um, maybe things have already changed for all I know since, since I put that out about an hour ago. Uh, Steve Wolfong, who works for 24-7, is, is one of our, our national-level guys. He's heard some some positive vibes, I guess, out of Boulder. Maybe he termed it as out west, but uh, I, I think he's he's hearing that, that Colorado is relatively uh, optimistic that they can they can pull off the flip as well. So so we'll see. Clearly, he's been to South. He's been committed to South Carolina since since August. Uh, Georgia is a heck of a lot closer to Columbia than Georgia is to Boulder, Colorado. Um, and as Vicari told me after his official visit, it was super cold out there. Um, it's yeah. you know it's pretty cold here in Columbia right now. It's about I don't know if it's in the 40s yet, but when I went and got my biscuit this morning at the other store in Forest Acres, it was like 35, and and I was like. I can see why Vicari Swain may not be too wild about 18 degree temperatures um, on the regular. On the regular. My in-laws live in Laramie, Wyoming. The wind chill today oh. is negative 50. Negative Lord. 50 uh, no degrees. Thanks. So, uh, you know, Boulder, Laramie, they're not really that far away. Um, so we'll wait and see on that. Six hours in today's world is about six days or six months even uh, when yeah. it comes to recruit and what can change. All right, so as you've done your checking over the last few months with as this class has come together, uh, Hale, clearly uh, we'll get to last night here in just a minute because it was a special day for South Carolina. Still some work to be done this week uh, to, to kind of wrap up 2022 with the class. But um, and, and appear, apparently, you know, some pretty good things probably on the horizon for South Carolina. But be- before we get there, over the last few months, how about a name or two that have kind of been dropped to you behind the scenes? Maybe – not one of the big names that, you know, everybody's talked about Big Tree. Everybody talks about Xavier McLeod. Everybody talks about these big-time prospects with the four stars next to them. How about a name or two of somebody that's that's sneaky that is on this list of players that uh, you're going to look up in a couple of years and go, ah, yeah, he was a guy who kind of flew under it for Carolina. I get, you probably point to Tyshawn Russell, the receiver from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, who committed while he's in town for an official visit over the weekend. Pretty under-the-radar guy. I believe he didn't start really playing receiver at his high school until his his senior season and and looked pretty good doing it when you watch his highlights. And if you want to look at the stats, if you're into looking at stats, which I certainly like like to do, he scored 22 touchdowns as a senior. Four of them were in the state championship game a couple weeks ago, which that's pretty good, man. And, and again, you put on the highlights and, and he's a good player. And, and, and I think somebody who's, whose offer list certainly does not match what, what, what he could be down the road. So I, you asked for a recent guy and he's one of the most recent guys um, as far as folks we've been kind of tracking for South Carolina, uh, you, you know, another recent commitment, uh, Reed McKeska, the tight end from, from Texas, who, who was uh, one of the first, first guys that Jody Wright really got on when, when he got the job coaching tight ends uh, earlier this year at South Carolina and, and McKeska, of course, committed to Clemson at one point during the spring. That lasted for about a month because I, I think he didn't really have too good of feelings about the uh, no-visit policy by Dabo Sweeney. So ah. he committed, took some official visits, went to Oklahoma, went to Florida, went to Miami, obviously committed to Miami, and, and South Carolina completed the flip yesterday. Uh, he, he was on campus again for the official visit. 
weekend this past weekend was at the Tennessee game as an unofficial visitor, his first trip to Carolina in probably eight months. And and I think that's really when when things were pretty pretty clear that, that South Carolina was was gonna be able to count him among amongst their signees and uh, and of course he signed today and and one of like a hundred tight ends that South Carolina's <laughs> been trying to recruit for twenty twenty three. Yeah, I, that's what we were talking about earlier. This might be the greatest tight end class in the history of football. <laughs> I mean, when, when, you, when, you, when you end up adding transfers and freshmen, you know, you're going to kind of look at this thing, especially, you know, things work out for Nick Harbour. I don't know what they'll end up doing with him. I've heard multiple things. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. but technically, you could slide him into that tight end room if you wanted just to, just to be able to stake claim uh, to that off-the-wall comment there. Um, let me ask you about McKeska. There are, you know, basically 130 Division One football teams, right? Well, mm-hmm. this cat's got 46 offers, Hale, 46 from everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bama, the Green Bay Packers, the you know, you mentioned the Dolphins. I'm just kidding, the Hurricane. I mean, they, they, they literally, everybody has offered this cat uh, for those that are stargazers, and they mm-hmm. look at it and go, well, he's a three-star, 86. You know, what does that really mean? Why is it that everybody in the country has offered a three-star tight end who's 6'6", 230 pounds, but the composites got him at three star three stars, 0.86279 or whatever it is? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, South South Carolina is certainly higher higher on him than, than maybe what the rankings are. And obviously, like you said, a lot of a lot of college teams are as well. I don't think he's quite quite to the pros yet there, JB, but he's 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 a good player, man, and, and he's got yeah. some upside. He he moves pretty well for a guy who's I think we have him on twenty four seven. We got him listed at six five and a half, two thirty three. So he's gonna get bigger and and as long as he can can maintain that sort those movement skills he has, I, I think he's gonna probably outplay his his rating. Uh the twenty four seven, just the twenty four seven ratings, uh, we have him as an eighty six and, and sort of the interesting thing about this topic and and, and him in particular is you know, he and I have been talking a, a good bit in the last few days coming off his official visit, and, and he even kind of wondered himself, like, what's up with the rankings? And I had to explain to him that the 24-7 rankings are different from the composite, and suddenly the composite dropped after I could I put in a crystal ball for him uh, a few days ago, and he was like, that just seems kind of odd to me, what's up there? And I said, well, hey, you know, 24-7's had you at an 86 since since March, and that's – when he had four offers, when he committed to Clemson, when he decommitted, when he took all those visits and committed to Miami, he remained as an 86. But for whatever reason, uh, the industry has kind of gone up and down on him and obviously mostly down here lately. So it's been a little little bit of a roller coaster that way. Uh, but certainly, again, I, I, I think he's got the ability to, to outplay those rankings and ratings and, you know, not not all of the the offer lists are going to match up with with how things are on the recruiting internet recruiting side of things. So <laughs> folks have opinions, and and obviously the college coaches are are the guys who who get paid a lot more and probably have better opinions uh, than the folks who who work for this company and and maybe some of the others. So um, it it kind of is what it is, and and I, I don't think it takes away from what he could be as a player. And, and he certainly helps fill a need. I mean, when you have literally zero tight ends coming back to your team, no offense to the walk-ons, but zero scholarship tight ends coming back, uh, 
you need guys and, and, and he's a good one to get, even if he didn't need a whole bunch of them. Yeah. No disrespect to our man, Dave Adams, but, um, but these dudes are, <laughs> yeah. these, these dudes are getting here quick. Uh, I, uh, a couple of uh, questions today about, uh, about Mario Anderson. I, I know his high school coach very well. Uh, Denny McDaniel is just an outstanding human being, uh, went to Stratford, coached at Wando when I was at Wando years and years ago. Um, he's been the head coach of Stratford for a while. And in my understanding, I mean, I remember when this kid was in high school. I mean, he was he was sharp. I mean, he was really good. Uh, but he did go to Newberry, and not everybody knows anything about Mario Anderson. Uh, what is the word that you've got on him? I'm sure this has been covered on the show at some point in time, but I haven't been here for a week. So what is the word that you've gotten on this young man and why South Carolina elected to recruit and then accept uh, his commitment, and now he is uh, basically set to sign with Carolina, coming from from Newberry, right up the road, but but certainly isn't mm-hmm. anything remotely close to the SEC. You know, it's it's kind of funny, JB. You, you look at his stats from Newberry, and I can't remember exactly what they were this past season off the top of my head, but I think it was somewhere in like the 13, 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns. You know, if he did that at Stratford High School, there probably wouldn't be many people saying like, why are we signing somebody from Stratford or why, why do we want a guy from Stratford high school? But he does it at Newberry college and some people have an issue with it for some odd reason, even though it's still college football and yeah, it's not the sec, but when you turn on the highlights, you, you watch, you watch their games. Um, he, he can move man. And, and he does it in, in a body type in a frame that that's almost a carbon copy of Marshawn Lloyd five, nine ish. 210 pounds, somewhere in that that neighborhood. I'm not saying he's going to be Marshawn Lloyd or he's good as Marshawn Lloyd, though some people around here might might say it, might tell you that. I, I'm not going to sit here and say it just yet, but he's good, man. And yeah. and I, I think when when you lose Lloyd, you already know Christian Bill Smith is going to be gone before he steps foot on campus. And, and of course, Jaheim Bell has gotten into the portal as well. And tight end, but they still ran the ball with them. You're, you're missing about half of the, your, your total carries from your team. So it, it's kind of nice to, to be able to go to the portal and, and, and pluck a guy and might get another one, but pluck a guy who's, who's got experience at the college level, who you know can come in and compete immediately and compete for the starting job, not just compete to be another body, but compete to, to maybe be a guy who, who you depend on. So, uh, I think it's a very intriguing pickup, and you mentioned him him being an in-state guy, JB. I think that sort of speaks to some of the stuff Beamer talked about kind of early on during his tenures, was maybe wanting to to go get guys who who care about about the logo, care about the the team that's on the name on the front of the jersey. And uh, when you get a guy who's from I don't know how far is Goose Creek from Columbia, hour and a half, depending on traffic maybe. on twenty six. Oh, yeah, four hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to mean a little bit more to somebody like him, and and I think he will certainly appreciate the opportunity that he's got coming from from a Division two school in Newberry. No offense to that program, but no. uh, I, I think playing at, at at the flagship university is is going to mean a little something to to a guy like that. Uh, it's uh, twelve eighteen here on a uh, wonderful Wednesday afternoon. JC's out. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Hail yes is uh, is joining us. Maybe a couple of minutes left right here, uh, Phil, and then we'll have to take a timeout um, mm-hmm. and, and get to Keith Alsep coming up next. But um, you know, Hail, 
not that we're still in the middle of the signing period. Again, there's still work to be done. There will be more work being done in the spring. There's another period coming up, and then you've got more transfers and things of that nature. No, nobody's going to know what the roster is until next summer. Certainly is looking good, though. Carolina has already doubled up their number of four-star recruits from last year, 13. That's seven in 2022. That's close enough to double for me. What, uh, in your opinion, has changed? Well, having a, a coach who's who's a little bit established, that that's a factor. Some on-field success is not to be uh, forgotten either. That the the first first year was was a good start. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Seven and six, and, and doing what they did in the, the Mayo Bowl, uh, couldn't ask for much more than that. Uh, then then you build off of that in twenty twenty two, and granted, it wasn't always sunshine and rainbows throughout the course of the that twelve game schedule, but. Uh, I, I don't, JB Phil. I don't know what you guys would call those last two games, but I, I'd say they're pretty damn good, right? <laughs> yeah, so you, you've <laughs> you've got some you've got some results to to actually build on, and, and something again, something tangible to to show these guys, like, hey, uh, we're we're going this way, and, and we want yeah. you to to come be a part of that. I mean, think about everybody they've beaten the last two years, guys. They've beaten – we know who they beat this year. They beat Florida last year. They beat Auburn last year. They beat North Carolina last year. And they beat, beat all their all their rivals. Uh, this, uh, as it stands today, final one for me, whatever Phil's got, uh, let it loose, Phil. But final one for me, as it stands today, how would you categorize uh, this class in the trenches, both sides, the offensive line and the defensive line, with whom they have signed and still uh, have left to sign? Very necessary. They needed to be able to do what they've done. Uh, that was very apparent when, when I started looking at this class and trying to project out, you know, a year and a half away. And, and you, you could just look at the current roster at that time and say, all right, he's going to be a senior. He'll probably be done by then. Like, just, just name after name after name, guys who even back then were already – started have already started a lot of games and in that year plus have started even more games so first and foremost you just you, you needed to, to fill in some numbers and and get things right that way and of course when you have to have those mass types of replacements you, you want to make sure that you you do it with guys who are talented I mean you always want to get the best players available at every position but but when you really got to do it and it's on the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball, like that's pretty critical. This was this was a very, very important class for for South Carolina this twenty twenty three cycle, and and they've signed a lot of really good players. They they didn't get them all that that they went after. I mean, there there are plenty of names out there that that they would have liked to have had in this class, but but you know what, the ones they got, I, I think, could be really good. And um, guys are going to have to now do their part, come into school and stay on track and in some cases, you know, keep their heads straight and, and, and make sure that they can do everything they need to do to be on the field and to develop. But if most of those guys are able to do that, I, I think we'll look back on this class as, as one that, that lived up to the hype and, and we'll be talking about some, some teams that are, they're winning probably more than eight games in a season, you know, here in a couple years down the road, again, assuming th those guys, stay on track and, and, and do what they're supposed to do. 
And yeah. done an outstanding job. They've crushed the state of South Carolina, and uh, I know that a lot of fans, because of what happened last year with Jay Sean Barham, love the fact that they have stolen 600 pounds <laughs> from the state of Maryland uh, <laughs> with uh, Umi Azulu and, and uh, Big Tree uh, both coming uh, to South Carolina. Is this your first Christmas as a married man? Uh, second. Sec- second. You got Christmas. married last year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Who's cooking? You? Uh, it'll be a team effort. You know, we, we like to, to follow the South Carolina recruiting model. You know, it's, it's not just one person doing it. It's every, it's, it's a group effort from top to bottom. Oh. Um, you know, my, my parents are going to be coming in town. They're going to be help pitching in. Uh, you know, you could maybe draw the comparison. My dad was a, a sports reporter. So there's like the Frank Beamer, Shane Beamer dynamic going oh. on with me and my dad. Uh, <laughs> like the four, the, the four man's four man's version of that, uh, and something very uh, uncool, which is sports writing. Uh, but no, it, we'll we'll be doing a little bit of everything. We uh, we like to cook in my house, both of us. So so yeah, we're right. excited about Christmas number two as a married couple. Well, if this is if you are if you are sports writing's uh, Shane Beamer, I hope that somebody in your household dumps a whole jar of mayonnaise on your head. Oh, uh, on, on ah. Christmas Day and uh, send us a photo if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll walk right <laughs> into that one. What, what do they say? Picks or it didn't happen? You know, they yeah, say picks or, or it uh, didn't happen. That's yeah, right. That's, I can assure you, I can promise you it will not happen. <laughs> it will not hey, happen. Uh, it was great to text back and forth a little bit with you last night. And I'm um, mm-hmm. glad I got to. Unfortunately, JC can't be here, but I certainly am glad I got to be here. Uh, today uh, to see you again. You were always special to me, and I really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you, your bride, and your family. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Thanks for having me on. And, and JC, if you're you're listening, watching right now, get well and uh, get your tail back in that seat tomorrow. Yeah, get in here tomorrow. He's we're meeting him in Jacksonville. He better get his crap together. (laughs) Oh yeah, huge week coming up next week. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. better figure it out. There's no doubt. All right, buddy. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Thanks, Hale. See you, boys. Merry Christmas. Yes, there sir. Merry Christmas. Hail, yes. Uh, on uh, signing day. Signing period is actually what they want you to call it. Because it's not a signing period. I don't know. NCAA. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Christmas, it's 1225 here on this Wednesday yeah. afternoon. Uh, when we return, uh, another. I'll be outnumbered by the bald-headed guys. Keith Alsep joins us uh, with uh, from the Locked on the uh, Gamecocks podcast next on the inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs> hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? 1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. You can't handle the truth. Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? 
Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consult about a potential outdoor retreat for your backyard, as well as the second hour of the show being brought to you by the Burgess and Demon Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot Adam an email is his preferred contact method, A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N for your commercial or investment real estate needs. We are joined now by Keith also, host of Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Keith, first off, thank you very much for such short notice hopping in with us this morning. We really appreciate it. And it would appear as if everything is going to plan with our signing day today. So, um, you know, the best thing, uh, hail said was it's been an uneventful day thus far. That's really what you like on National Signing Day is for things to go according uh, to plan. So, um, you know, always glad to jump on. JC's like a brother to me, so uh, that's what friends do. We, uh, you know, we band together and we make it happen and always good to be on with you guys. Uh, and you know, even the guy with the, with the hair, God only made a few perfect heads. He covered the rest with hair and in some cases, a baseball cap. So that's right. That's right. I mean, you know, well, yeah, when you need, although I do wear a lot of hats when you need a haircut, wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I just wear a lot of sunscreen. Literally and figuratively, (laughs) a lot of hats. Yes. (laughs) That's right. Keith, you've got your your town hall tonight, right? That is correct. What time? No no better way to wrap up National Signing Day than the Garnet and Black Town Hall. That'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Be there. Be square. Know what I mean, Vern? Yeah, well, and wanted to make sure we quick plug that because at 6 o'clock, Bakari Swain is going to make public his intentions, whether he will stick with South Carolina or flip to Boulder. Uh, Hale has heard, I guess I'd say what I've heard and what a lot of folks that I know have heard. It looks like he's probably going to be in Columbia, but then again, there are those out there thinking otherwise. So uh, that'll be good timing. Uh, 7 o'clock tonight, the uh, Garnet and Black Town Hall with uh, none other than the 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 great one Keith Alsep the bald great Keith Alsep all right um so look man I I, I think that uh, when you have a guys I think we all know this right when we when you have a recruiting class um as important as it is to is to look at rankings which which are based on you know the the stars and and the, and the numbers and this that and the other it. it you got to add context to everything and, and the context when it comes to a recruiting class or did you, did you fill your needs? So Keith, have they? Well, I think it's to be determined. Like this is, 
you know, JB, in the first hour, you made a, a great point. I was listening while I was uh, shaving. Your this head? is a, a great <laughs> line at my head and my face. Those are the only two things, by the way. Although when I had my knee surgery last week, they shaved my leg. Oh, and, uh, okay. it, it, uh, You know, or at least oh, there, know, boy, part you're of it. A, little close. a good part of it, right? And I was like, well, it only took me almost 59 years to grow that. And you just buzzed it off in like a minute and 10 seconds. Excuse me, sir. I'm having knee surgery, not groin surgery. That's enough. <laughs> That's right. We, we made sure to point that out. Okay. This is just a scope. It's not an amputation. Uh, Formerly presented by Manscaped. The guy even come in and wrote yes on uh, my leg that was the part that was shaved there right above my knee. So, Oh, man. I mean, what you like about this class, to get back to the question, (laughs) is just like Clemson. Now, look, they did sign Deshaun Watson, and then they got – Fabio, Trevor Lawrence, back-to-back generational quarterbacks, okay? That is the most important position, okay? It doesn't matter how great you are on the line of scrimmage. If you if you can't score enough points and you, your quarterback can't make it happen, you're still not going to win, okay? I think South Carolina has a great quarterback room. I think in about – 48 hours, it's going to be even better than it is uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this class, you love the fact until Isaiah Jada decommitted, you had four four-star offensive linemen. Yep. And, and so let's put that into context, okay? He's a kid that's from San Diego, California. And, was, and is at Snow Junior College in Utah. Where it's already cold, let's face it. It's yeah. snow junior college. That's all, <laughs> all right. It's very true. And so for him to go to Colorado, I can understand that. Uh, it's a lot closer to home when South Carolina offered him. That was like his only, you know, power five offer, essentially. Right. Um, but I also like Jatavius Shivers, who I think, on film looks like a four-star guy and I think probably has the highest ceiling of any of these offensive linemen. And so you got Marky Anderson and Travon Ball who are going to be road graders inside. All right. And then you got Jatavis Shivers who's 6'6 or 6'7, 295. And the biggest tree I've ever seen, 6'5, 320, uh, and Babalade who, well, we won't say what he did to uh, – it's not uh, go locks today. It's uh, go Cox. And, um, nice. Hashtag. There, there's a picture of him next to the starting right guard for the San Diego Chargers. Okay, I retweeted it last night. And he dwarfs that guy. And that guy's a starting offensive guard in the National Football League. 
And Jamie, you're right. South Carolina got it going with that class Eric Walford signed. And even when the defense didn't hold up, you still had, right? You still had Corey Robinson. You still had uh, A.J. Can, And you still had uh, Brandon Shell on that offensive line. Three NFL dudes, right? Right. And so – you love the offensive line class. You love the defensive line class. I mean, you were talking about a guy that's underrated is one of the highest rated guys in the class, and that is Xavier McLeod. By the way, Georgia just doesn't re- recruit anybody. And if one thing we learned about Will Muschamp was he had a very high hit rate on defensive linemen. Yep. Uh, look at the guys that will be starting in the bowl game. That's right. All Will Muschamp guys. Okay. Zach Pickens, a Will Muschamp guy. Um, His problem was he couldn't hire coordinators. But when I look at Xavier McLeod at 6'5", 300, 6'5", I see a guy that's more athletic than Zach Pickens coming out. Bottom line, this guy is elite. This guy will be as good as he wants to be. If he wants to be great, he will be there three years and he'll be gone in the first round. He has that type of ability. Now, does South Carolina get that out of him? Does, you know, the question about the big guys, and it's really unfair, is their motor. Because let's face it, Camden High School He's not just playing 35 or 40 snaps a game. He's playing every play on defense. Yep. Okay, early in the season when it's 100 <laughs> degrees and the humidity and the gnats are swarming around Kershaw County like they do, whether you're in Bethune or Camden or North Central or Kershaw or Bishopville, wherever you are out in that area, it's hot. It's muggy. Guys are going to take plays off because they're not playing three or four plays or five plays and coming out and resting. He is elite. Elijah Davis, Tennessee and Alabama are not coming down to the wire on a Juco guy unless he's elite. Montague Rames and Desmond Yumiazulu, okay, elite edge rushers. Xavier Hardy, one of the highest rated guys in the class and – once he gets past this clearinghouse thing, you know, there's there's no longer like a minimum test score, okay? They just have to have their core classes. And then it's up to the school whether or not to decide to admit them. Maybe he ends up being a mandatory redshirt like Anthony Rose. <clears throat> Who knows? But that guy can play. And so they have met their needs on the lines of scrimmage because you are losing some guys. And so there's a lot to like about that. The one thing I don't like is one or maybe zero linebackers in this class. I think you needed two or three high school guys and you needed one to two portal guys, depending on how many high school guys you got. And maybe you got one in Pup Howard who's 6'4", 225. And JB, you and I talked about that this morning. You know, they continue to pile on in the secondary they get a guy, another guy that's highly underrated in DJ Braswell. He's one of the top 10 rated running backs in the country. Why is nobody right. talking about him? Right. So I do think there's a lot to like, but I don't like 
what they're doing at linebackers. I think they're coming up short again at linebackers, and we saw what happened when Mo Kaba went down. We saw what happened the year before uh, when Damani Staley, bless his heart, had to play the whole game. And I think me and Phil are outrunning him in a 40. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would agree with you. I mean, I think that I think the linebacker position. I, I do know that they're going to keep their eyes on the portal, uh, and, and let's hope that they can hit there. Um, I, I think that's the one position. I think they are keeping their eyes on the portal as well for probably another running back, Keith. Uh, just because that position, it seemingly you just can't have enough of them anymore, and uh, and you don't ever know who's really going to turn out. Uh, to be like you think they're going to turn out to be. They do have sneaky talent on the roster right now. I love Rashad Amos, always have. And um, and, and certainly the young man, who uh, Lavasier Carroll, who transferred over from Georgia as a guy people are excited about. He just hasn't been ready to play. Although he might have to be ready to play in the bowl game because, you know, they don't have any running backs to go into the bowl game with, let alone tight ends. Um, but you know, back to your point about the, uh, uh, about the, the trenches, you know, because I agree – I'm a, and I don't think you mentioned Marky Anderson when you were talking about those guys, but but obviously I know what you think about him. You know, when I, when I look at these guys, and you actually go, you look at last year. Shane's been here for two years. All right, so you, you look at last year, you look at this year, and you look at they have signed more than they did last year from a talent standpoint. But then you also kind of go look at the film, and you just realize that like in one year how much of a talent upgrade this is, Keith. Like, it's – it's, you have to see it on the field, right? I mean, yeah, well, you got to go out and, and make sure this translates to wins. But but somehow, Shane Beamer's found a way to win. And it's almost like, golly, if this guy just gets elite talent, and, yeah, you got to get a couple things cleaned up on the coaching staff, which he's been working on. It's It's hard not to send yourself back 10 or 12 years and think, about what we were excited about after that, you know, that 2009 get through the 2010 season. It was like, man, we've got a pretty good foundation here. Do you see any comparison? Well, I mean, it's hard to compare because, look, I like Clayton White a lot. I like Jimmy Lindsey. But they're not Ellis Johnson and Brad Lawley, okay? And – Steve Spurrier is not dialing up the ball place. Right. So, I mean, well, I, I'm I, more. I, I see the recruiting. Okay. Yeah, that's but where that's also, where I am. They also Talent. don't have the Nalshon Jeffrey. Okay. There's no, you can't point to one guy outside of Juice Wells who came from James Madison, by the way. Mm hmm. I mean, Marcus Satterfield's offense has really delayed South Carolina being able to get the big-time blue-chip wide receivers. And so, to me, you know, it's to be determined. Uh, but, I mean, there are some parallels in recruiting. And, JB, I know we talked about how impressive Pup Howard is as an interview. I had the opportunity – I guess a couple weeks ago now to interview Dante Reno. I mean, he makes Spencer Rattler, who's a great interview, seem like a high school sophomore. Yeah. And I mean, in a lot of ways you'd expect that. I mean, his dad is the head coach at Yale. Okay. And, you know, unlike 
South Carolina who hired Brad Scott, who probably wasn't smart enough to get into South Carolina. Uh, I, I guarantee you uh, Dante Reno's dad is smart enough to get into Yale. So, and so oh. is Dante, by yeah. the way. Maybe a little bit of a connection there too with uh, Nick Gargiulo. Uh, maybe that, that might be why uh, South Carolina's got him just – just a hunch. Um, well, let me ask you. So you you mentioned. So, all right. Let, this is kind of an all everybody jump in as you may. Uh, Phil, you know, you and JC have talked about this extensively throughout the year. And Keith, I know you've talked about this extensively. The the development of the wide receivers under Justin Step, the development of the secondary under the leadership of Tory and Gray. Now I know. Um, that Coach White works a lot back there as well, but but we we we've known for a long time what Torian Gray brings brings to the table as a college football coach, and certainly Coach Step proved that before coming home to Columbia. We we've seen the development. We we could we could we could the list is this long of how many players in the last couple of years we go, oh my God, this guy has turned into a really good football player. Wasn't necessarily on the radar this time last year. Nobody had any faith in Nick Eamon Worry and DQ Smith coming in and doing what they were doing. Um, you know, nobody had any faith in this receiver, receiving core going from two years ago where they didn't even have one. They had Shai Smith, and that was it. They had nobody else who could even really catch the damn football. It was amazing. And then two years later, it's one of the strengths of the team because of development. All right, so when you look at the 23 list here, and you've got in the, in the receiver room that they've signed pure wide receivers that we know of now, some things can change, certainly. Uh, but you've got you've got you know a guy like Tyshawn Russell. You got a guy like C.J. Adams. You look at the at the secondary. A guy like Zabari Sandy out of Washington D.C. A guy like Cameron Upshaw, uh, the Kilgore, the Jalen uh, Kilgore uh, kid from Eatonton, Georgia. When you look at these guys, I've I've seen as much as I can see. Y'all probably have done a little bit more research than I have, and knowing what they bring to the table with the coaches that they're going to play for. What do you envision moving forward, knowing that these guys have developed young men? who literally weren't even on anybody's radars over the last couple of years. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I was going to ask Keith the same thing on some of these guys we're getting as athletes, right? I know Judge Collier, you know, and um, a couple of the ones you just mentioned too, JB. It was like, are, are love, we attracting them? Collier, the I do too, man. I, yeah, but are we attracting them because of the lack of depth we have in the receiving room and saying, hey, listen, you're going to get to play on that side of the ball, guys. Come on. I mean, Tell I think early playing time is – always a strong selling point, but so is the culture. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just going to mention a guy you didn't, JB, right off the bat, and that's Kelton Henderson from Lehigh yeah. Acres, right. Florida. Right. I think, you know, he and Tyshawn Russell both just have huge upside. C.J. Adams, a bigger-bodied guy that, you know, could be an H-back, could be a wide receiver, to me, the guy that everybody's wringing their hands about, Vakari Swain, to me, he, I think he is the best wide receiver in the class. And he may not play wide receiver. And if that's why they lose him, then, you know, I think that's somebody being stubborn, quite frankly. But that's just my opinion. I'm not inside the building. I just see the, the film on huddle everybody else sees. He's electric with the ball. That's why he got a big bump up in the ratings. Um, and I would say Reed McKeska, you know, he was Connor Weidman's number one target last year at Cypress High School. Connor Weidman was the number one quarterback in the country. And 
the reason why he's only an 86 or a three star is still mind boggling to me. When you see six, six, two thirty-five, two thirty, four, six in the 40 and caught a ton of passes from Connor Wagman, who is going to be really, really good. I mean, you know, honestly, the, the biggest impact guy in the class is Trey Knox because we know they are replenishing the tight end room. But that guy, he's going to step right in and probably catch 40 passes next year. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, he's, a, he's a tight end in a wide receiver's body. Or maybe he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body now because he's 245. But, I mean, I, I like what they're doing. I, I think you'll see, you know, Kylie Horton eventually get into the lineup. Um you know, I, I just think they got to get more young wide receivers and they probably are going to have to, you know, with guys leaving, they're going to have to hit on some portal guys and they don't have any. The Keytron Jackson kid that a lot of people were optimistic about, he committed to Baylor yesterday. He's a Dallas area kid, so that's not a huge shock, but after this bowl game, we're going to see a whole nother wave of guys yep. in the portal. And I'm just hoping Clayton White, God love you, man. You make great halftime adjustments. Everybody in the building loves you. Please, dude, go get some linebackers, okay? Not a 6'4", 225-pound guy who by spring practice may be 245 or 250 and you got to move him to Buck, and then, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Well, I don't know. I mean, because one man makes a huge difference right now in this linebacker room. One man down changes everything. Yeah. And that's not was not the case in the secondary, not the case on the defensive line, not the case on the offensive line, not the case at wide receiver or even running back. They figured it out. But at linebacker, they don't have enough guys to be able to withstand Mokaba going down in the second game. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, and and again, as you mentioned, it's it things are still fluid. I mean, my my intelligence says uh, that they're they're certainly in the market for a linebacker. Let's hope that they land a good one, and then obviously at running back as well. I, I do want to squeeze a couple things in here. I know that Phil, you and JC do such a good job reading everybody's comments. I've barely done that today. Um, <laughs> it's, hopefully, it's all right. I, I hopefully JC will be back tomorrow and people won't have to deal with deal with. We got a lot of outside but, stuff uh, to talk about today too, JB. That's part of it. <laughs> well, that, that's true. Uh, Clint, uh, what's up, dude? Uh, he said uh, he thinks the Simon kid from Western Kentucky. Yeah. This is a tight end, of course. Will surprise some people. Uh, certainly, uh, don't you know? You know, if you're going to be up late tonight, uh, watch him play. In the Western Kentucky bowl game, and then and then I, I would I'd probably say keep your eyes peeled after that. Um, Craig says I'd love to see Kylie Horton blow up next year. Craig, look, I've heard some things about Kylie Horton that, that are pretty exciting. There, I think one of the things that um, is really intriguing, kind of shifting back to the wide receivers, y'all, is so when you go back and you look at the offenses under Steve during the run, and you, you look at the fourteen offense. Uh, that was one of the best in the history of the school with dealing at quarterback. You 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 look at a lot of the playmakers. You you already mentioned Alshon. Everybody knows Alshon. I get that. Farrell Fer Cooper was a guy who was ranked about 400th in the country. Um, Ace Sanders was ranked about 500th in the country. Um, 
I'm, I'm missing somebody here, but I, I know there's another one back then that, Nicky that I, Nicky Jones, nobody wanted him. You know, he wasn't even right. Demir Bird. I mean, yeah, these are all guys. I, I do they think were the Smurfs, was, Bruce Ellington. I, I think Demir was a top 250 guy, Keith. But I mean, but it, you're, because of his size, you're right. He, he really got kind of literally and figuratively under the radar. But there's a lot of guys like they they saw it. You know, they saw wide receivers and what they could do with them. That that group of coaches did. Coach Spurrier and Junior and the rest of the staff, GA. I mean, they were excellent at finding guys who could play. Matter of fact, a lot of the big names back then, they didn't really hit on. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you got the Shaq Rollins. Remember Quentin Smith? You know, Quentin Smith was a guy that everybody was really excited about and never really, never really panned out. I see similarities here because Step is really good about this, and Shane is too. Like, they can find guys who they can make what they would probably tell you elite. And we've seen the development. We saw the development of all these guys. I mean, nobody jumped to the moon when A. Sanders signed. Was, oh, okay. But he's only 5'7". Well, they were jumping to the moon when he took that son of a bitch back against Georgia. I know that. So, I mean, like, you know, these, these coaches, they see a lot of things, and it's just really interesting to watch it. And then you know you're putting them with a coach who knows how to develop. You know, it, it's easy to get excited about it. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, JB. And I think a guy that definitely fits that bill is Landon Sampson. To me, he's kind of like a Nick Jones uh, type guy. He's a little bigger. He's, you know, yeah. 5'11", 6 foot, laser time, 4'4". Played at a big time program yep. uh, for Todd Dodge, the son have, did of... You, have uh, you ever refereed? Have you ever officiated one of his games? No, they're up in Dallas, but his dad, uh, Riley Dodge, who just retired as the head coach at Westlake, I have uh, done some of their scrimmages and a lot of their JV games. And so, look, Landon Sampson, he's he's already an elite route runner. If he would have been able to come in and go through spring and grasp the offense – then again, you look and that receiver room was pretty deep, uh, a lot deeper than a lot of people anticipated it being. And then, I mean, you never know with Marcus Satterfield if we're playing two wide receivers and three tight ends the whole game or three wide receivers and three tight ends the whole game. Um, from week to week, you just never knew what he was going to do. And then you might think you knew what it was going to be. And then you get in the game and it would change completely. So uh, hopefully Dowell Loggins is better at in game, keeping to what you've worked on all week. I, I think he I, probably will be. I, 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 I hope so. I hope so. I just realized it's 1254 and I know that uh, they got bills to pay Keith I just sent a message in there quickly to uh, to to Phil, so we can try to squeeze this final break in. But uh, what do you what do you want, Phil? Give him one minute for his final thoughts. The, uh, no, uh, Keith, just hang with us through this last one, and then we'll bring you back in, and we'll all close it out. Does that work? Okay. Yeah, hang tight, Keith. Sounds good. Yeah. Face face right. Right okay. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of REMAX at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. 
Reman. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson Team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. I've been expecting you, Mr. Powers. Sometime in the near future, there's a good chance I'll move back to my home area of the upstate of South Carolina. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody I would use to help me find a new home except Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane, located in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a diehard Gamecock. 864-414-5271. Give Cindy a call. 864-414-5271. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, Mo Kaba here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Back for the final segment. Last few minutes of the show, Inside the Gamecocks is brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about an outdoor retreat for your backyard. And the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake, A. Burgesson, that's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at Remax.net. Give Adam or Derek a call to talk about your investment or commercial real estate needs. And, of course, we are joined. Very many thanks to both of you gentlemen. Jamie Bradford, Keith Alsup, you're filling in for uh, uh, a hobbled JC, we'll call it today, <laughs> hopefully to have him back uh, tomorrow. But uh, uh, guys, thank you again. I can't I can't tell you how much we both appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. And don't forget, J- uh, Keith has his town hall tonight at seven. Real quick before we say our final goodbyes here uh, for the afternoon, not forever. Uh, a couple of things. Hey, look, guys, on the on the Nick Harbor stuff, um, uh, we did mention a little bit at the top of the show. Uh, Carolina's at a good spot for him. So let's, let's just see how this unfolds. There's a lot at play here. Uh, there's NIL stuff going on with him. You know, there's, there's a lot of different angles. Uh, if JC was here, he'd tell you the different thing, uh, or tell you the same thing, not any different. Um, that there, there's a lot at play. Gamecocks are in a good spot and, and hopefully they can stay there and, and we'll see what happens. So let's just, let's just, in the words of Steve Spurrier, let's, uh, let's hope God keeps smiling on the Gamecocks. Uh, real quick, uh, Grover, uh, I appreciate you. Love you. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Unfortunately, you are wrong. Steve Jr. was in charge of recruiting for five seasons at South Carolina, uh, 2011 to uh, 2015. And uh, that's part of what happened around here as to why things didn't stay on the track. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't mean that to be a jerk. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, I, but yeah, it's it, the it, truth, you know. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he could develop a, a couple of receivers, and uh, there's no doubt, but as a recruiting coordinator. That so was, you know why that happened, right, is 
it just so happened that the head coach at South Carolina was sleeping with uh, Steve Spurrier Jr.'s mama. And, uh, you know, always traces back to that, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's one of the things, guys, that I, I, think, kept I, I look forward. Yeah, 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 that's right. Keep it in the family. But the, <laughs> one of the things that really made me feel good about Beamer, right, is because he was here in that time, right, and, and saw the head ball coach work. And the two things that I think this program needs, first and foremost, are, you know, good recruiting, being able to out-recruit your position, and the ability to develop players and find those diamonds in the rough. And the best stretch in Carolina history was during the times where he was here watching the master at work. And that brought so much confidence to me when they announced Beamer as being the head coach. I was just like, you know what? I'll take that. That's something you can work with. No doubt. Hey, so uh, Jalen Kilgore has officially signed. And so now the only guy – that's going to sign today that I think they're waiting on is Vakari Swain. Yep. Yep. And Jalen Kilgore is a guy that, you know, and it was a really tough act to follow Owen uh, today, but Owen and I have been on the soapbox for uh, Jalen Kilgore and he finally got bumped up to four stars. I mean, this is a guy, he's an early enrollee. You want to talk about a guy to watch, that could be in the starting lineup. Like if you are moving pieces around DQ Smith up to nickel, who's the other safety. Well, Jalen Kilgore and Nick Eamon Worry could be, you know, I'm not discounting Peyton Williams or any of those other guys, but I'm just saying Jalen Kilgore looks like one of those dudes that plays at Alabama and Georgia. And I'm really glad he's a game cop. That's a great comment. He is a good-looking kid uh, when, when you kind of see it. And um, uh, his offer list is pretty impressive as well. Clemson, Oklahoma, clearly we know who that is. Um, but um, but you got Florida, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, Ole Miss, and so on and so forth. Uh, nice, nice, nice prospect for Carolina. And you're right. Could be a guy that we're talking about next spring because uh, that seems to happen around here under Shane Beamer with a bunch of guys that no one really knows much about. And then all of a sudden, here they are. Um, Keith, uh, tonight, 7 o'clock, the Garnet and Black Town Hall. Certainly, uh, I know you'll have a lot to talk about coming off the Vicari Swain stuff. Um, Really appreciate you uh, jumping in today, but most importantly, appreciate your friendship during this special time of the year. And I hope you and your family have the merriest of Christmases, my man. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, You, JB, especially, you know, with those little girls. Uh, Fun fact. JB's daughter, twins, and my daughter, they share the same birthday, mm-hmm. March 2nd. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that's always good. And I know it'll be uh, really fun. Uh, I know JB's been telling a lot of elf stories. And Bill, yeah. uh, Merry Christmas to you and your wife, who's a teacher. That was uh, my former, uh, my first profession. And uh, I have great respect for uh, all our teachers, most underpaid professionals in the world. And uh, Merry Christmas to all the listeners. And uh, I look forward to reconvening uh, with you guys next year. And I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of guys in Jacksonville. When I jump off here, I'm headed to Taylor to meet up with Sepp. Uh, we're going to break bread. He's been in College Station. He's meeting me in Taylor. We're going to have lunch and uh, 
talk some Gamecocks and then uh, get together uh, down in Jacksonville. I booked my flight this morning on skip lagged, best rates. Uh, you might be on one airline going down and one coming back, but download that app and go to skip lagged and I'm not getting paid a single thing, but I saved about 300 bucks on my flight today. Wow. Holy smokes. Nice. I, I actually, I actually will do that. I'm driving to Jacksonville, but, uh, but Keith, I'll see you down there and I'm sure I'll be talking to you before then. So thank you, buddy. Merry Christmas. Sounds good. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas Keith. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Phil, always appreciate you, my man. Uh, thanks for, uh, letting me ramble on for a couple of hours a day and, uh, and, and certainly wish you and your family the merriest of Christmases as well. You as well, Jamie. Thank you. I can't say it enough uh, for everybody pulling together to, to make the show happen today. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yep, I hope you and the, the girls have a wonderful, happy Christmas. And we will uh, talk to you, I guess, after the first of the year, more than likely. No doubt. The thousands of you that tuned yep. in today. We uh, certainly appreciate that. I've been on with you all for a long time. And uh, and all of you, if any of you ever listened on ESPN or, or watched on JB and Goldwater, we certainly cherish this time of the year. Merry Christmas, everybody. I really, really uh, have enjoyed being your friend and look forward to doing it next week when we talk about the bowl game. Uh, but until then, have a wonderful holiday with your families, and we'll see you then.